So, this weekend, Strasbourg against Gangor. It's not the uh, the glamorous cup final that perhaps some people were, were expecting. But I tell you what, it's it's been a bit of a breath of fresh air, hasn't it? To see these two football clubs going all the way to the Coupe de la Ligue final. They're going to be playing at the Stade Pierre Mauroy in Lille. Uh, uh, these are two football clubs who have tradition and who have a, a huge, well, maybe not a huge following, but a passionate following. Uh, a sizable one as far as Strasbourg are, are concerned. And Dave, it's been a pretty remarkable rise from uh, from Strasbourg, who were on the brink of bankruptcy what, eight, nine years ago. They've climbed up the divisions. And under Thierry Laurie, they've they've become this very uh, very competitive team, in particular at the Stade de la Meno, where, where the atmosphere is, uh, is, is just sensational. These are exciting times for Strasbourg. They are, even if their form has tailed off badly since they beat Bordeaux at home in the semi-finals. And you've got to look at how they've reached this final in Lille. And they've come up against the big clubs all the way through, beating Lille, then Marseille, then Lyon, then Bordeaux, the slightly lesser category. But you've got to give immense credit to Thierry Laure and his team for the way they've managed all of this. And as is the case with a lot of the Ligue 1 coaches. Uh, Loré has been rotating his squad in these Coupe de la Ligue games. He's been giving chances to some fringe players and they thoroughly deserved to beat Bordeaux in the semi-finals and it's going to be quite a procession up from Strasbourg to Lille as Strasbourg tried to win the trophy for the third time. They won it in 97 and 05. As you said, it's been a long and difficult road back. Immense credit has to go to Mark Keller, the club president who has overseen this along with Thierry Loré, the current coach. West Ham fans, I'm sure, will remember Mark Keller from his uh, his glorious passage at at the club. Mark Keller, yeah, he, he took over as as the president a few years ago. Like we said, they were down in the Nacional in the third division in 2011. Talk that they might go bankrupt. This is a club that has a lot of pedigree. They were the French champions back in 1979. They had Raymond Dominic playing in the side. They also had a, a brilliantly named goalkeeper. One of the best names this for a goalkeeper, Dominic Dropsy, which I just think is is absolutely hilarious, but I'm not sure the the irony kind of was 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 felt in in terms of in terms of the French team. Robbie Robbie had the uh, had the pleasure of meeting the Strasbourg striker and top scorer Lebo Motiba, and by all accounts, Robbie, uh, a very nice chap. He is a lovely chap, really, really all smiles. I mean, we spoke about it last week on the pod. He he's just a, a positive force, and I think. A, that's how he sees himself. He, he, he's thankful for everything. I actually asked him in the interview, which you can hear in its entirety on the podcast website, what does Lebogang mean? I said, what, how do you, first of all, how do you say your name? It's Lebogang. That's how you say it, because there's a, another Lebogang in the Gangon side, a South African who'll be playing against, Piri, um, who he calls General Piri, because he's a, li- a little bit older. But it's a very interesting interview. I hope you all listen and like it. So Lebogang means be thankful. And so uh, when, the, when you're, you're thankful for the birth of your son and you hope he goes on to do uh, fantastic things, so Lebohang Motiba is a, a very gentle, hardworking, humble uh, and positive person. Fantastic. Well, he's doing well, Lebohang Motiba, his first season at, uh, at Strasbourg. Funnily enough, he joined them last summer from, from Lille. So he's going to be going back to his, to his old stadium to play this cup final. He scored two goals in the semi-final against Bordeaux to... Uh, to fire them through. He's got nine goals in the league. And he talked to us a little bit about um, this this amazing uh, sequence, this amazing phase of, of Strasbourg's history and the fact that they are just going up and up at the moment. 
poof, they've been, uh, you know, um, they came, uh, you know, a long way because they, they were in uh, Diash. Diash and Diash, from Diash they went to uh, Sefa and after they went uh, national and, you know, it's a, that's why it's very special, you know, uh, uh, to win that game against Bordeaux. It was very special. I could see in their eyes, the coach and the staff, the the owner, uh, the way they were very happy and uh, also me, I was, you know, very happy because this thing is something that happens once in a lifetime. So it's very special and um, I'm very excited. Well, we're going to have a bit of a South African accent to today's pod because not only are we hearing from Lebohang Moti, but we're also going to hear from Lebohang Piri, who plays uh, for uh, Gangon. So there's going to be uh, an interesting duel between two mates. We'll hear from Piri a bit later. But just to, to continue a bit on the Strasbourg theme, Dave, they've got uh, they've got an interesting an interesting squad, haven't they? And it, it, when I say interesting, they've got some players who've who've been there from the third division. They've brought in some players from the second division as well. I'm thinking about Ibrahima Sissoko, who's been superb in the midfield, but also some, uh, some experienced foreign players. Uh, Matt Sells, who I'm sure is dear to your heart, Dave, from his time at, at Newcastle. And, uh, and Mitrovic as well, uh, Stefan Mitrovic, the, uh, the centre-back. And it's just, it's just gelled nicely, hasn't it, this season? Yeah, really clever signing, Mitrovic. Also getting in Lamine Kone from Sunderland to replace well, numerically and on the pitch in the same position, Bakary Kone, who was on loan there last year. So the recruitment's been good. They've got energy in the team. And as you said, Matt, there is that spirit of these players, a lot of them local lads who have come up through the divisions again. Uh, Dimitri Leonard is one of my favourites. Lovely left foot. He doesn't play quite so much this season. Jeremy Grimm currently injured, another big fan's favourite. But uh, the players who are, are making the difference in an attacking sense are the likes of, of Motiba and the, the wing-back Kenny Lala. The system mm. is ideal for Kenny Lala. Uh, he's in his late 20s now, but there is a big chance that he'll move on to a massive club in the summer. And Dave, I just want to ask you, because uh, I know you follow uh, Newcastle and their signings uh, very closely. Just before I ask you about, about the goalkeeper, Lamin Kone, uh, by the way, the, the centre-back, he's bounced back from a, a disappointing spell on Netflix because he he didn't last long, did he, in the, in the Sunderland uh, documentary. He was there at the beginning. We and just then... see him in passing, don't we? Just to, <laughs> I recognise him. Although, probably... Well, it's quite Kasri, hard to miss. Well, he's a big bloke. as well given, was in the, given the way that season went, he probably did well to get out of, uh, get out of the Netflix uh, show quite early. But Matt Seltz, we, he's, he's, he's a Belgian goalkeeper. Um, big commanding goalkeeper who had a fleeting spell at, uh, at Newcastle but he has been really impressive people are talking about him as one of the best two or three goalkeepers in Ligue 1 this season he's been very very good uh, he wasn't good at Newcastle you, you know and regular podcast listeners will know I hesitate to use the term Newcastle reject to describe players there are a few of them around in Ligue 1 and Sells is one of them um, he was on the, the backup list for Belgium's World Cup squad didn't quite make it but um Though he's been excellent for Strasbourg and having someone with that calm authority in goal, Strasbourg managing to sign a player from the Premier League is, is a coup for a club of Strasbourg's current stature because of the, the differences in wages between the Premier League and the French League. And having that spine of the team, when you see Sells, Kone and Mitrovic, and Sells and Mitrovic know each other from having played together at Ghent before, um, that does inspire confidence and you can really build around that. They're the, the first choice centre-back pairing, Mitrovic and, and, and Kone. 
Uh, just Dave, are they, are they likely to play with, with three centre-backs? You mentioned Kenny yeah. Lala, a wing-back who set up a lot of goals this season. Yeah, you're going to see uh, Pablo Martinez, who is uh, a Thierry Lore favourite. They worked together uh, at Gazalek Ajaxio before, and he usually plays as the left-sided centre-half. And then with wing-backs, Lala on the right, and Lionel Carroll, who's rebuilding his career, often plays on the left. I think that one of the things, and, and a way of explaining how Strasbourg have reached this final, is their strong identity of the players like Jeremy Grimm, like Lionel, who weren't just in the third division in 20... They were down in CFA 2. They were stripped of their professional status. They were down playing regional football, playing against the, the other local amateur clubs around the city of Strasbourg. This is playing at the Menno against fifth division opposition. And these guys, Grimm and Lionel, were there. They can talk. When new players come in, they can hand over and, and pass on this, this identity of the Strasbourg team and how it came up. And they got, they got back into the third division after two seasons and reapplied for professional status and, and, and got the green light. And here they are back in the top flight. It's, it's a fantastic story, but also about the coach Thierry Laurie, about these players. They're not a side, I don't think, yet, despite their history and their, their status, that could compete for a European place via the league, via the qualifying. But that the players like Anthony Gonçalves, the players with real... You know, Grinta. Grinta on the on the pitch that are prepared to fight for everything. They can pull something off. They showed it against Paris Saint Germain at the league. I know I'm not allowed to talk about Paris Saint Germain. Talking about Strasbourg at the Parc des Princes. But Pans. Thierry Lowry actually came out and and told PSG to stop to stop rolling about and being crybabies, and that that shocked quite a lot of people, didn't it? That it, was was that, yeah, that Neymar was the game. got injured in that yeah, game. That was the yeah, Neymar was injured in. But that is the the spirit of this side, and that is a cup side. They go out and they are prepared for 90 minutes and perhaps over the course of a whole season they can't pull it off. But in cup games where you know it's last man standing, it's the, the winner goes on, last goal wins, they are there and they can be counted on. Well, they're I certainly not a league sorry, team at the moment, Matt. The, no, the, they're not a the league team at the been, moment. They were threatening to qualify uh, for Europe through the league the up until the that, table, that's, they're now 10th. Yes, uh, but that but, was from riding these waves of, of being in great form, of climbing up to sixth place, and every, like, a bit like Reims at the moment. Everyone's saying, well, perhaps Reims are going to do it. Listen, chaps, I know that Arsene Wenger is, uh, is one of Strasbourg's biggest fans, um, former Strasbourg player, and I also know that he's a fan of Thierry Lurie. He's, he's really impressed with what Thierry Lurie is doing, as is Libohang. Motiba. Let's hear what Strasbourg's striker has to say about the coach. Hey, he's a very good coach. I like him. Um, he's the let me you know. He's the yeah. coach that you know. <laughs> he's the coach that always um, wants the players to give hundred percent. Wants players to do their best, and um, that's why he liked me because I'm the player that always, you know, give 100% on the field. I'm always, you know, running and uh, giving everything to the team. That's why uh, he liked me and uh, he made me come to, to Strasbourg and uh, I like him very much. Even when he shouts at you, don't think that, you know, he doesn't like you or something. No, because he sees the best in you and they want you to, you know, to reach that level and... Uh, I like him. I like him too much. <laughs> he makes it, I just laugh when I think about him. Yeah, excellent to hear from Motiba there. And I think what's good for Strasbourg fans, what can fill them with optimism ahead of the game on Saturday is that he's back in form. He got that double against Bordeaux, but then had a goal drought, managed to get a goal against Nîmes just before the international break. And then on Sunday, he helped the Bafana Bafana qualify for the Africa Cup of Nations, which is going to be held in Egypt this summer. Uh, he had an assist in that game and by all accounts played really well. So um, good news for Motiba 
because they also have Ludovic Ajork, who's who's been weighing in with with, with some important goals. But uh, I think it'll either be Motiba and Ajork, and it, it it looks like you know Motiba is is, is the first choice, and Ajork will perhaps perhaps come off the bench. I think one they're of, both big strong strikers, yeah. aren't they? That can both play back to goal, can both try and hold the ball up a little bit, which I think is something that Thierry Laurie wants. He do, he wants he's got the Nuno de Costas who who can get in behind and, and can and the pacey wing backs and Gonçalves who pushes up on the right hand side. But he wants that that fixed point in that number nine position who's good in the air, strong runs in behind and can also hold up the ball. Lebo Motiba, one thing that I like about him, and there's lots of things to like about him, but if you watch the goals he scored this season, he's, uh, he's an expert of, uh, of the dink finish. When he's racing through on goal, the keeper comes running out. And that is, you know, I, I grew up loving, you know, I have to admit this, loving that Liverpool team in, in the 1980s and early 90s and watching Peter Beardsley and, and Ray Houghton, who would just always just float the ball over the keepers. I didn't know how they did it. And I feel like it's a finish that has kind of died a little bit. But Lebogang, Lebogang, sorry, he, he's brought that back. And uh, uh, he's, 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 he's quite old school. You, if you might have heard on the pod last week, Robbie asking him why he, why he tucks his shirt right into his shorts and pulls his shorts up. And, you know, he, he is said, old school. He could have played in that Liverpool side of the, of the mid-80s. No, it's, it's worth saying as well that Lille didn't want to let him go, that Christophe Galtier wanted him in the squad this uh, season but Lille had their financial difficulties they needed to bring in money quickly last summer and that's why he moved on to Strasbourg for this fee that's estimated at three to four million it is said that there's a buyback clause that should Strasbourg get an offer for Motiba they have to go to Lille and say this is how much it it is and yeah if you match it then he goes back to northern France he also scored important goals for Lille last season because they only just stayed up Let's not forget Lille last well, season. Galtier, Galtier called him back on low, from, from, from his loan spell at Valenciennes yeah. and said, look, exactly. I, need, I need this guy. He came back, got five goals. Uh, I think he scored possibly against Dijon in the game that, that kept, mm. that kept exactly. Lille up. And uh, I just wanted to say I admire Dave's insistence on saying Strasbourg, of call it, call, calling Strasbourg, <laughs> you know, à la française and not, not Strasbourg. But um, I'm going to go with, with Strasbourg still. Do whatever you want, Matt. <laughs> what we're going to see on Saturday, I think what is going to be fantastic, it's going to be the colours... Of these, of these supporters, the blue of Strasbourg, the red, the red of Gangot. They have hugely passionate supporters. The Menno, I think it's only 25,000, the Menno. It's being redeveloped. It'll be a little bit bigger once they've done the redevelopment. It but is, it is. It is a small, a small stadium. We interviewed Lebogheng Motiba in the stadium, in the, in the away dressing room last week. And it, it, is a, it is a small town stadium. It's probably, yeah, 25,000 but but that noise inside, it's got the roof all the way around it. It's, it's an, an old there was 1970s, a feature, I, I, 80s stadium. I saw a TV feature on, 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 on the Strasbourg players sort of a behind the scenes look at how they prepare for a game. And what I loved was that they, had, they were in the uh, training ground, which is about 200 yards across yep, the road exactly. from the stadium. And yep. they, they have their lunch at the canteen or their, their early dinner, I don't know. And then an hour and a half before the game, they all walk, they'll put their headphones on and they walk to the stadium and they walk through all the fans and... You know, the fans all clap them and saying, come on, lads, come on. And that, again, it's old school and it's, and it's great to see. It brings me back to, you know, back in the 70s or whatever, when, when the Arsenal players used to get the tube and, and, and walk along and people would, would, would cheer them on. And that's, you that, weren't that, there, that's Matt, great. surely. In you the 70s, the that, no, I wasn't there. But listen, <laughs> let's hear from uh, Leborang Motiba again um, to talk about this culture that they have, this football culture and the, uh, the incredible following they have in Strasbourg. Even when you're losing, they're there, they're singing 90 minutes and... Uh, it's amazing. The the fans they give you know they give us the the power and the strength to keep on going up until you know the last minute. 
And it, you, you could see against mm. Lyon, mm. we were losing from 2-0, but the fans, they were keep on singing, motivating us, and it, it's amazing. The fans, Strasbourg fans, they, they sing 90 minutes, and uh, as I said, this motivates us. So looking to uh, combat Motiba and Strasbourg, Jocelyn Gorvanek's Gangon, who have had a pretty disastrous season in the league. This is a, a tiny football club from a little Breton village of 7,000 inhabitants. And what they have done uh, over the last, what, 10, 15 years, absolutely incredible. They've actually become quite accustomed to cup finals. They've won two Coupe de France finals in their, in their modern history, twice beating, um, beating Rennes. And if you look at their uh, march to the final here, they've beaten Angers and Nice on penalties both. Quarterfinals, they've beaten... Paris Saint-Germain, yes, on, Robbie. On penalties again. Right. <laughs> Not a penalty shootout, but with lots of penalties. On penalties again, and they've beaten Monaco. I mean, you know, they, they deserve their place in, in the final. Robbie, I know you were at the quarterfinal. You I don't was, miss, you and don't it wasn't miss on a, penalties insofar as it was no. a penalty shootout, but they did have three penalties awarded in the game at the Parc des Princes. They scored two of them. All, of, all of which were fair penalties, I All believe. of which were, were fair penalties, and Paris Saint-Germain were... Uh, the coach was furious after the game about how his side couldn't defend like that and concede so many penalties. But uh, full strength, uh, full credit to, to Gangon because Marcus Turam missed that second penalty that could have uh, fired them back in front. In the end, he came back. Um, Mbakoto took the, the penalty that, that saw it at 2-2 and then Marcus Turam came back having missed a penalty and took, uh, took the third. So... It was a fantastic show of strength from him. He is an exceptionally talented player, Marcus Turam. And he, for Gangon to win on uh, this weekend in the, in the cup final, for me, Marcus Turam has to play well. He is... Is he related to anyone famous? Uh, I don't know. The name rings a bell. Kefren. <laughs> yeah, his, his, Kefren, little, his, exactly. his little brother Kefren. Is Who's on, going to be a quality uh, player at Monaco. Kefren actually Monaco played midfielder. In the semi-final against Monaco, Kefren came off the bench. Um, and... Well, uh, Gangon won that one on a penalty shootout as well. So we can go through all the players that are important, but it's, it's Marc Aurel Kaya, who has been the hero of their run through to this final, that uh, he was brought on just for the shootout mm. against Monaco. And they were preparing that at the Parc de Prince as well. If Turam hadn't uh, scored that penalty and it had gone to a shootout, then Kaya was going to come on to replace Jonsson there as well. Um, he's made a massive breakthrough this year and Gjorvenek, Pay tribute to him after the Monaco game, saying that he's just very good at saving penalties, Marco. Well, that's always good for a cup final, isn't it? And Gorvanek, so, I mean, he is a, a club legend, Jocelyn Gorvanek. He left them after, I haven't checked my, my facts, but when it came through six, Nantes, six or seven years at the, at the club, he took them up um, from the third tier. He took them up to the top division. He took them to the Stade de France and they, uh, and they defeated Rennes, like I said, in two different cup finals. It didn't, it didn't really work for Jocelyn Gorvenek at, at Bordeaux. Um, and when Gangon, who were bottom of the league earlier this season, uh, sacked Antoine Comboare, they turned to Jocelyn Gorvenek. And it was a little bit strange to see him go, to see him go well, it's back. It's becoming a common theme in Liga, isn't it, with Jardim as well? Mm. Coaches, mm. coaches coming back. And it's been, it's been a struggle, actually, for Gorvenek. I mean, it, you know, I wouldn't say he's turned things around. They, they managed to get a huge 1-0 win last weekend before the international break against Dijon with a late penalty and that's taken them from 20th to 18th position which in France uh, sees you uh, play a, 
a playoff game against the team that finishes third in uh, in Ligue 2. And what's strange this season is we've got three clubs who are absolutely disastrous, Gangon, Caen and, and Dijon. Only two of them will be automatically relegated and Gangon at the moment uh, are in the good position of, uh, of, uh, of 18th. Has if Gorvenek... Gangon can hold on to that 18th place, that yeah. is an incredible success for Gorvenek. Honestly, because they were dead and buried. I, I wrote them off at the midway point of the thing that a month ago they had 14 points. How can you survive with, with three months left of competition? You have 14 points. Here they are on the way back up, 22 but points. But they're not they're a bad team. They're not a bad team. Marcus Turam, who we haven't said, is the son of Lilian Turam. So if he needs any advice about, you know, cup finals, Lilian knows a, a thing or two. And Lilian is, is, is often seen at the stadiums. He goes to most of the games and actually... It was one of the few that he missed at the Parc des Princes when Marcus got that last-minute penalty. But he looks like a, a, good, a good lad, Marcus Turam, head on his shoulders, powerful striker. And they've also got some, I wouldn't, say, some handy wouldn't say journeymen. You know, Rodelin and Nolan Roux are guys who, who score regularly in, in Ligue 1. Uh, we've seen uh, Ludovic Blas, who scored the, the penalty in the last game, is a, is a, is a good young player. Nicolas Benazé is, a, yeah. is a, a solid number 10 for at Ligue 1 level. He's a he's technically proficient player, maybe lacks a bit of pace, but I think he's got good vision, a good, good footballer. And they have a lad called Lebohang, Lebohang, yes, Lebohang Piri, who uh, is a, an all-action South African midfielder who has really started to impose himself in, uh, in the last few months. It's been a difficult season, obviously, for Gangong, but uh, they're on the up. They've got a cup final to look forward to, and Piri is, uh, is enjoying himself. It's, it's really tough, but uh, we, at this point, I mean, we've, the last game we played was when? January? So we had quite some time to, you know, to think about playing in, in, in the final and, and let that be aside and uh, try to get some results in the league, of which we've been, I think, doing exceptionally well in terms of the way that we started the season, and that's been going well. But now it's all focused on the final. Uh, it's the last two weeks of preparation, and uh, everybody's ready, everybody's focused. Uh, we're taking each day as it comes. We don't want to play the final before. So uh, it's an important period for everybody to, to have their heads right fitness levels on, on, on par and, and everything else uh, we led for the final. Well, I've commentated Gangon a fair bit this season in Ligue 1 um, and Lebohang Piri has been quite impressive. He's one of those players that you don't necessarily see a lot of on the highlights reel or you hardly see at all because he doesn't score goals, he doesn't get forward, but he just sits in front of the defence, he knocks the ball around, he distributes, he doesn't yet perhaps set the tempo of a match, which is what you want from a really top top quality number six but he gets on the football a lot he's he's a neat and tidy little footballer and uh i've been impressed i think he's a player that probably because he's had a few niggling injuries throughout this season he's had hamstring problems he's had knee problems that have kept him out for a couple of months here and there and if he'd been regular at the place of say someone like luca do who's more of a box to boxer if you can get pity sitting in front of the defense it remains Perhaps in France, more than other countries, other leagues around Europe, a very important position, that number six role, where you just sit in front of the defence, distribute possession, get on the ball a lot, and you're there to help contain opposition counter-attacks. He's a bit N'Golo Kante-esque, isn't he, in that he's a sitter, but he can also break forward and burst, burst through, through, through challenges and launch counter-attacks? He is, he is, but he's, he really does have that discipline this season, I think, which has impressed Gorvenek, because by all accounts, Gorvenek told him, uh, at the start of the season, look, I'm not counting on you. When he came back, look, 
I'm not counting on you at the moment for, for Ligue 1 football. And I think it's probably about his, his athleticness or, or lack thereof. He's a small little player. He's lightweight. Um, but I think he's proven to Gorvenik that he deserves his place in this side and he's playing now. In terms of claims to fame, we've got obviously Marcus Churam has got a, a famous dad. Um, Ludovic Blas, who is a, a very neat technical midfielder, he has the claim to fame um, that he was, for many years, Kylian Mbappe's roommate when they were coming up through the ranks with the, uh, with the French uh, youth teams. They, I think they won the under-17 Euros. And they won the under-19s. With, there under was that 19s? three-man strike force of Mbappe, Jean-Kevin Augustin and Blas. And I was so excited about watching Blas play in Ligue 1 off the back of that. And he's not quite come on the way that everyone would have hoped, I don't think. He's well, he in the process of changing his position. Most recently, so more of an attacking him. mid attacking player. Yeah, he was a sort of an attacking wide player in that uh, under 19s team, but um, nowadays he's playing a little bit more centrally, a lot deeper. So mm. in play yeah, as a true. defensive yeah. midfielder, even in one of the games that I commentated recently. What I love about Gangon, I've been a few times. I've seen a, a few matches at the Rudaru that they all say proudly is an English style stadium. It's a it's a small, compact twenty thousand seat stadium, which is pretty big for a, a village of, of 7,000. The whole place, I, I, I think I went up there before they played in the French Cup final last time and the whole place was red and black and it just lives and breathes for the, for the football club and obviously everybody in Gangon goes to the matches but they also attract people from, from all around Brittany and uh, you just have that, that amazing culture of, of football, of a place that, that lives and breathes football and you know Strasbourg is a much bigger town but it's it, it's similar everybody talks about racing and uh, everybody talks about en avant in in Gango. and I think that is why the atmosphere is is going to be fantastic and that is why our friend uh, General Piri as uh, Motiba calls him um, is extremely excited about this weekend it's, it's it's really it's something awesome to bag as a player uh, getting the opportunity to say hey I once played in, in such a tournament and uh, along the way I got to eliminate great teams which have great players, big value players in the world of football and uh, here am I now about to play the final. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's awesome and I think it also helps uh, my national team as well uh, because uh, as South Africans we don't get to play in major tournaments such as these abroad and uh, I'm here to represent such as Lebo as well so it's, it's a big plus for us. So we're expecting a, a sellout in Lille this weekend. And uh, I saw some news on the, on the internet on Gangon's website saying there were still 30 seats left for the Gangon fans to, to buy. And I was thinking, well, the, you know, that's, uh, that's nothing. But actually, if you look at the population of Gangon, that is uh, almost half a percent of the Gangon population. So 30 tickets is quite a lot. Yeah, they're a proud provincial club, Mats, and uh, they unveiled their uh, official club tractor towards the end of February. I'm not sure if uh, everyone listening to us <laughs> is aware of that. So they could have come on the tractor, those 30, perhaps, if they packed together. Um, people might remember Ipswich in England being called yeah. the Tractor Boys, but Ipswich is a, a gleaming metropolis in comparison to the village of Gangon. It's full of bright lights. Um, no, I, I love Gangon. It's, it's a lovely little place. Didn't the fans the, are, are really friendly. Didn't the fans once travel... Or maybe more than once, they travelled to Rennes for the derby in tractors. I believe so, yeah. And I think they managed to close off the, the motorway or the main road. Between they also had a huge um, tifo at the, for the first match of Neymar in, in French football. It was at the Ruderu and the world's media and everyone descended on the Ruderu for the, for the arrival of Neymar in French football. And they had a huge tifo with a huge tractor. 
um, uh, 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 behind the goal at their end. And they are, they are the, the French tractor boys. For, for so often, the big cities, they, they insult travelling fans from these, from these regional centres by calling them peasants, peasants, peasants. Uh, you're, paysans, you're peasants. They love it. The Gangon have decided to turn it around, embrace it. And yes, yes, we are the most successful yeah, have peasants pe in French football. They have big tifos, don't they, with tractors and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they, they, they love their, their tractor heritage. Now, before we move on to the predictions, there's, I, I just wanted to mention, we talked about Strasbourg and their, and their Grinter, but I wanted to mention a couple of midfielders because they, they also have technical quality. Um, Adrian Thomason is a good player. We've seen him at, at Nantes. Mm. And another one with Grinter as well. Thomason gets yeah, stuck in. they have Grinter. Jonas Martin. Jonas Martin is a, is a really good footballer. Injured, um, though, at the moment, unfortunately. In, he's he's out he's, uh, this weekend. Yeah, but he's been a, an excellent player for them. Well, that's kind of cut me down a little bit. In my, <laughs> they they in did my get in, uh, Perchich, whose name I've always had trouble pronouncing. They got him uh, in on loan from yeah. Levante, and he's eligible for the Coupe de la Ligue and has been mm. playing pretty well And he well gives recently. them that, that bit of extra technical quality, doesn't he, in the middle of the park, Perchich? Yes, but Jonas Martin out. That's going to perhaps change my prediction. Dave, how do you, how do you see this weekend? I think the fact that Gourvenet coached Gangon to the Coupe de France in 2014 might play a role at the weekend. Uh, Lore is an emotional coach. I'm, I'm full of admiration for what he's achieved. But I feel that Strasbourg, they're not used to this sort of occasion. Uh, Gangon do have some players who have seen it before, like Christophe Kerbrat, the, the veteran defender. And I think Gangon might just edge it, particularly if it goes to a shootout. I don't like predicting results. I'm hopeless at it and uh, I have tried to do it officially and always... Uh, lose half my wages um look i who can, either side can win it they're both there neither side was expected to make it there both sides are going to give it everything let's hope that it's a, a great match of football but honestly i i you've can't pick to, a winner you've you cannot to, pick on, a winner one, in this one you've got to go gangon or strasbourg dave went gangon i'll go strasbourg i'll go Matt, you decide i'll go you're calling them strasbourg as well okay <laughs> i'll go i'll go strasbourg. strasbourg i'll go i'll go strasbourg because i think they're a better team i think on paper, I like the look of Gangon, but when you say, Robbie, that Gorvenek's done a good job because he's got them up to 18th, maybe, but I just think, actually, they've got better players than, than Caen and Dijon, and they, they should be getting well, better what results. And, and that suggests to me... Confidence is everything. That and when to me you're, that when not, you're down in the dust. He's made them hard to beat. The, the last five games that Gangon have played have all finished nil-nil or one-nil either way. So... Uh, that's something he's been working on. And if that carries on through to the end of the season, they're going to pick up a few more but, points. But this cup game is not the priority for Gengar. The priority for Gengar, it will be this week. It is the priority this week, absolutely, to win this cup. But more important to Gengar this year, unfortunately, is to survive in the top flight. And that may just play against them. Mm, I think the extra quality is on Strasbourg's team. And Lebo Motiba, I love his happy-go-lucky style. And I, I can see him dinking one over is it Kai? See, he's doing his generator goal, goal celebration and his generator now, goal celebration with the plugging nice. in the turning screwing in the light bulb and then starting the generator that we, is, listen to for that one we talk he's, about him being old school i mean in terms of celebrations <laughs> these days you've got you know Fortnite celebrations and stuff lebo motiba when he scores he, he explained to robbie he start, yeah he pulls he, the he string with the lawnmower, but it's a, it's a generator he screws in the light bulb <laughs> and he he lights up his team and he gives his team the electricity to go on and win football matches. <laughs>